Welcome to Awaken Life Church podcast. For more information about our church, please visit awakenlifechurch.net. We hope you enjoy this message by Joy Willette. <laughs> oh, he's so good. He is so good. He's so good. He's so good. And we can't, we can't forget <laughs> how good he is. Um, the message today, I don't know how much we're going to get through, honestly, but the message today is uh, intimacy brings clarity. Intimacy brings clarity. And um, Michael preached the message. It was awesome <laughs> during the prayer time. Um, but the Lord just really has this emphasis where he's just like, intimacy is the key. Intimacy is the key in this season. Um, intimacy, intimacy, intimacy. Um, I, I went and sought the Lord, and I was like, Lord, what direction do you want me to be praying in, you know, as we come into this new season and the new year? I'm like, I'm all about glory and strategy and show us what we're going to do in our city and show us, you know, what are the next steps and stuff. And I'm like, so what scripture do you want me to look at? And he's like, Song of Solomon. He's like, I want you to be in Song of Solomon. And I'm like, Song of Solomon? I'm like, I mean, I've done my studies there. I love song. Don't get me wrong. I love Song of Solomon. But I'm looking for strategy. And he's like, Song of Solomon. And I'm telling you that intimacy is what brings clarity. Intimacy is what brings prophetic sight. If we don't have um, intimacy with the Lord, everything's going to be off. Everything's going to be skewed um, a different way. And the Lord is just really emphasizing intimacy. And it was just so beautiful. He just showed up in such an intimate way just now. And um, whether or not you felt anything, um, don't be concerned with that part. Because when he shows up like that, stuff happens. If your heart is open to receive, stuff is happening. Amen. So the, the scripture that um, he highlighted to me for today is uh, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. And that's Proverbs 3, 5 to 6. So repeat after me, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. All right. Jesus, are we doing this? What are we doing? Okay. <laughs> so number one, trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. What is trust? Trust is faith. What is faith? Faith is sight. Without faith and without trusting in the Lord, you cannot see. You can't see which way you're going. You can't see what's up or down. We have to trust in the Lord if we want to see. Um, this year, 2020, is the year of prophetic sight. It's the year of the prophet. Um, this is the year that we walk by faith, and we do not walk by sight. Amen. We have to stay close to him. We have to cling to him in this season so that we can have uh, spiritual sight and see with his eyes. Um, without trusting in the Lord, you can't see. We always want to come into his perspective, his higher perspective. When we go to pray, um, we don't want to pray from all our worries and troubles and be like, Lord Jesus, help. Although those prayers are fine. If that's where you're at, do it, you know. But what we want to do is we want to remember who he is. We want to partner with him, sit in our place, seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus, and pray from the kingdom perspective down. And that's when we get to laugh through our problems. <laughs> that's when we get to partner with what he's doing because it, there's clarity from that perspective. Does that make sense? 
That's a powerful place um, to pray from. We want to pray from seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Um, Our walk is a supernatural walk. Amen? Amen? (laughs) Our walk is a supernatural walk. If you don't know that there are supernatural things happening all around you all the time, then you are probably getting played by the enemy more than you know, and you probably aren't accessing the spiritual resources that are available to you. I'm going to say that again. If you don't know that there are supernatural things happening all around you all the time, then you are probably getting played by the enemy more than you know, and you probably aren't accessing the supernatural resources that are available to you. He has unlimited resources in the kingdom. He has a heavenly storehouse loaded with finances, loaded with the wisdom that you need, loaded with body parts, (laughs) you know, like we can reach up in the supernatural, we can grab body parts, and we can bring them into the natural and release them to people, amen, amen, supernatural walk is a normal walk, okay, you guys watch Sid Roth ever, I want you to be normal, (laughs) normal according to the Bible, right, so a supernatural walk, that is normal, That's normal, it's normal, it's normal. Holy Spirit is normal. People getting filled with Holy Spirit, getting filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that was Christianity 101 back in the book of Acts. People didn't get shuttled off somewhere safe to be disciplined for a while after they received Jesus before they were ready to receive Holy Spirit. It was, you receive Jesus, bam, Holy Spirit. You're walking in power. The, the, the Great Commission was, you're going to go into all the world and make disciples, but there, he said, wait, don't go without Holy Spirit. Don't go without Holy Spirit. Why would you go without Holy Spirit? He's your power. He's your power, okay? It's important that we understand and we have a value for the fact that we are walking a spiritual, a supernatural walk in this hour even more than ever. We can't be concerned with what it looks like. We can't be concerned that someone's going to be offended that it looks like it's too much. In this hour, we cannot be concerned with that. Amen? Getting filled with Holy Spirit looks like different things. <laughs> it looks like different things. Stuff happens in the glory. Demons get ousted in the glory. People shake and they fall on the ground. This is not a season to be worried or get offended or, or you know, worry that someone else is going to get offended. I love, it's this Becky, Becky's quote that I want to like plaster on the wall somewhere. Um, Trust in the contagiousness of Holy Spirit. Trust in the contagiousness of Holy Spirit. Um, Holy Spirit comes upon people, and, and uh, Chris Kildolcher says it like this. He's like, you can't judge um, what's happening to the tree by the way the wind shakes the leaves. Like sometimes a tree is going to bend or sway, or sometimes the leaves are going to shake or whatever, but we don't judge the manifestation because Holy Spirit's going to do what Holy Spirit's going to do, and different people respond differently, and it just is what it is, okay? But we need to trust in the, in the contagiousness of Holy Spirit. I have been one, because this, this is not my, my uh, wiring is to be skeptical. My wiring is like, eh, let me check it and see what's going on with that. That's kind of interesting. Why, you know, why do we need to do that? That's more my personality, but because I've encountered the Lord, because he's shown me, it's like I know that I know that I know that he moves and and things happen like this. But I used to be concerned. We had someone uh, manifest a demon one time uh, during the middle of church, right during the greeting time. Everyone's greeting, and there's visitors, and then someone manifests a demon, and they're like, oh, he's mine. And like, you know, you enter in the spirit. Like, do you ever have battles between your spirit and your mind? Like, your spirit's like, yes, and your mind is like, what? (laughs) 
what's happening? What are we going to do? You know, like my spirit's like, ah, we're going to see, you know, the kingdom come and we're going to see someone get set free right now. And my mind is going, what about the visitors? What about the visitors? They're never going to come back. They're going to think that he's faking. They're going to think that we're crazy, right? It's like that, that, do you ever do that little ping pong back and forth? And uh, we, we were praying for him for a time. And then um, finally, it was like what was happening is the enemy was trying to take attention from what the Lord wanted to do. The Lord wanted to talk about the power of blood covenant, haha, right? And uh, so we bound the spirit, and I said, hey, sit in this front row right here. Um, we'll bind that spirit. Um, we will, you will be set free um, at the end, but we do need to uh, get to the message. And so we bound it, and then the whole time I'm preaching, every time I talk about the blood of Jesus, he's going, no, 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 no. And he's sitting right next to a brand new visitor. <laughs> I'm like, of course, right? And so I'm, I'm literally thinking, I'm like, oh, well, this guy's going to get set free, and that guy's never coming back again. Oh, well, it is what it is. Um, but uh, we need to trust in the contagiousness of Holy Spirit because not only did that guy come back, but everybody came to Bible study that week that, like, never came to Bible study. It was, like, the most packed-out Bible study because they saw someone get set free, and they're like, this is real. And so it's like a million questions. Can I tell you that the Bible talks about things and it's not figurative? Okay? Sometimes we think this is figurative. And sometimes there are things that we can be renewed in our mind. Sometimes those things happen and it might be a little bit quieter. But demons really do get cast out, like for reals. Okay? It's a real thing. And we need to trust in the contagiousness of Holy Spirit that that actually brought that guy back. Because now you read the Bible and you're like, this is real. This is real, you guys, right? I need to know how to do that. Because the Bible says that we all need to heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, heal the lepers. So if I never see it, how am I going to know how to do that? Amen? Our walk is a supernatural walk. I love, Tracy Love says it all the time. She says, have a supernatural week or have a supernatural day. And I just love that. I love that reminder right? It's like we're, watching a, we're walking a supernatural walk. Um, stuff happens in the glory. Um, <laughs> people, say, uh, people say that Holy Spirit is a gentleman. And <laughs> Eric's laughing. Uh, and I agree with what they're saying, and then I don't. Because like, it's like he, he's not going to push his way into your life if you're like, hey, I don't want you. Um, you know. And yet he knocked Paul off his horse. And made him blind. So it's kind of like he kind of does what he wants to do. Um, but when people say Holy Spirit's a gentleman, I, I can tell you um, he knocked me on the floor and I shook under the power of the glory for 24 hours straight. I, I am not capable of shaking my own body like that. Okay, he was doing something. It was an encounter. There, I don't even know fully what he was doing. Part of it was um, delivering me from uh, fear of man and also just um, giving me the ability to say yes to him in a greater way. Like he was placing things before me as I was sitting there shaking, and he's like, "Give your kids to me." And it's like any fear that I've had of like, are, are they safe with you or are they not? Everything was just like laid out before him. It's like, no, you are so good. You are so good. You can have them. They're better off in your hands. Like anything I could possibly want to hang on to in my own strength, he gave me the grace to release it to him and be like, Lord, more of you no matter what it costs. That's, that's basically what, what that encounter was. But he shook me for 24 hours to the point that my body was sore for a week. <laughs> and so that's why it's kind of like, okay, is he a gentleman? Is he not? Now, my, my heart position towards him is, Lord, do whatever. If it's you, I want it. 
If it's you, I want it. That's my heart position toward him. Um, but he can kind of do whatever he wants. Um, we have to um, have encounters like that because encounters like that bring sight. I was able to see in a different way after that encounter. Um, similarly with um, my experience with the joy of the Lord. The first time I got filled with the joy of the Lord, again, very, very skeptical, very like, oh my gosh, these people are crazy and they're all laughing and they're falling over. And I'm like, if someone touches me on the head, I am not going down to make them happy and I'm not gonna start laughing just because. Like that's like kind of my attitude. I'm kind of like, you know, whatever, skeptical. And so I, I walk through and this lady who I thought was really, really weird makes a motion towards me and I fall down and start laughing my head off. And when I start laughing my head off, it came with this revelation of, oh my gosh, this is so much easier than we make it. Oh my gosh, why are we messing around with religion and rules and all the stuff that makes it hard? Why are we trying to perform for God? Why are we trying to have this separation when he's like, oh my gosh, it's so easy. Everything is so easy in the kingdom. In his presence, everything is easy in the joy of the Lord. That encounter came with new spiritual sight. Amen? It's important that we have encounters like this and that we are um, open-minded to what Holy Spirit would do and also discerning. There's times that we're going to discern and be like, okay, the Lord's not doing that. There's times like when, when that guy started manifesting, he started speaking another tongue, but you could feel that that tongue wasn't a Holy Spirit tongue. It's like this is something else. And the Lord gives you grace in those moments to see what you need to see. Amen. But we need encounters so that we have spiritual sight. Amen. Amen. I want you to be normal. Normal according to the Bible. Okay. Um, how do we build trust? We need to trust in the Lord, right? How do we build trust? Um, hearing, uh, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Let me say it again. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, okay? In that verse when it says hearing by the Word of God, the word word is the Greek rhema word. Um, logos word would be the written down word in the Bible. Rhema word is a right now word that's spoken to you in this time, in this place, for this moment. It's you hearing his voice, okay? Now, Trust me, I am a word girl. Like, it, read the Bible, absolutely. Faith comes by reading the Bible as well. But faith comes by hearing his rhema word spoken to you. How much am I gonna trust someone that I've never had a conversation with, right? How am I gonna trust someone that I've never had a conversation with? Faith comes by hearing and hearing his spoken words to you, okay? Can I tell you that he wants to talk to you? He wants to talk to you on the live stream. He wants to talk to you. You don't have to be a Christian for 10 plus years in order to hear the voice of God, okay? The, the Bible promises, my sheep hear my voice. My sheep know my voice. Those who are of God hear the spoken rhema words of God. I can tell you, he wants to speak to you more than you want to hear him, amen? Trust comes when we have connection and intimacy, when there's history, okay? Go after intimacy, with the Lord. Oh, Jesus. Mm -hmm. Yeah, open up your heart to him. Open up your heart to him. Like in your prayer time, open up your heart. Like one of the prayers that I pray quite often is like, Lord, what is bothering me? 
Lord, what's wrong with me right now? Like, not in a, like, I'm flawed and I'm broken kind of way, but like, hey, some, something, I don't know what it is. What is it that's bothering me right now? And process that with the Lord. What really helps in building your relationship with the Lord and hearing the rhema words is if you write them down. When he says a rhema word and you're like, I think this is God, write it down and watch him prove it out to you. Watch him confirm that word through like more witnesses. Watch him confirm that word through like different things that you see in your life and he'll confirm his word to you and that builds trust. So you're gonna trust in the Lord. Number two is with all your heart. With all your heart, with all your heart, with all your heart. What is God's frustration with idols? Do you see in the Old Testament how God gets so frustrated with idolatry, right? And what is the thing that he always says? He says, I am the Lord your God who delivered you out of Egypt, right? That he says that over and over in the Old Testament. I am the Lord your God who delivered you from Egypt, okay? And then what happens when the people bring out the golden calf or they bring out different idols? What is the thing that they say to the idol? This is what brought us out of the land of Egypt, okay? So... God says, I'm the one that brought you out of Egypt. And we, of course, we know that God is the one that brought them out of Egypt. And then here they are raising up this golden calf and saying, this is what brought me out of Egypt. Okay? Now, what does that mean? Like, if, if we don't understand that there's meaning behind that, then we just look at that and we're like, oh, my gosh, idolatry is so stupid. I'm not bowing to anything golden, you know? It's kind of silly. What does Egypt represent? Egypt represents slavery, it represents pain, it represents bondage, it represents the time that we didn't know Jesus, right? What does a golden calf represent? Um, cows, calf, you know, that kind of thing, those are labor animals, okay? Um, when you see a calf being elevated, it's talking about works and striving. When you coat that in gold, you're saying, this is righteousness. Look at my righteous works this is what delivered me from slavery. This is what delivered me from pain. This is what delivered me from the darkness that I knew before, right? That's the bottom line with idolatry. Either I'm saying Jesus did it or I'm saying I did it with my works and my striving. Does that make sense? Do you see how bowing to idols happens a little more than we realize? Amen. We want to rest in the Lord. With all your heart, someone say with all your heart with all your heart, with all your heart. God tells us to have a day of rest. It's actually the first thing that he had humans do as soon as he created them. Do you realize that? He created humans and then he's like, and rest. That's number one job is to rest, okay? He values rest so much. If you say to yourself, I cannot take a day off, I can't rest for a day or everything will fall apart, what you're saying is my works are keeping my world together. This is righteousness over here. This is what being a good person means, is that I'm gonna work, I'm gonna coat that in gold and say this is what delivered me from Egypt, right? The little idols of the heart. We want to trust in him with all our heart, all our heart. God says to forgive those who spitefully use us. When we choose not to forgive, we're saying it is my works that are keeping me safe. It is my works that delivered me from that painful situation, and it's my works that's going to keep me from experiencing pain again. That's ultimately what we're saying. We're taking striving in our own works and saying, this is what delivered me from Egypt, rather than acknowledging God and saying, God, it's you that delivered me. You forgave me, and you give me the power to forgive others. Amen? 
We want to trust in him with all our heart, with our whole heart. With your whole heart means inner unity. Someone say inner unity. When, and, and, and let me put it this way, I, I can understand and I have uh, so much uh, grace for people that have gone through difficult situations where it's hard to forgive. There's so much pain, there's so much abuse, like unimaginable pain that people have been through. So I'm not trying to make light of that. But when the Lord says forgive, he's saying that for your benefit. He's saying that for your benefit. That is the key to freedom. That's the key to healing. When you choose not to forgive, it's like you're saying yes to having an open wound all the time. You're just walking around with an open wound. And what that does is that it affects your spiritual sight because you've got this open wound over here right? It's like a dog that's wounded and they're going to like snap at anybody that's like trying to come along and touch that wound. Does that make sense? We want him to come in and heal all those wounds. It's like putting on smudged glasses that we're unable to see reality as it is. We start to see lens through, through a lens of hatred in a particular area. When we've got this open wound, we can't help but see hatred through that. When our hearts are in bondage, it gives the enemy a chain that he can jerk us around with. He can jerk us around by this chain and we don't even know that he's doing it because we're allowing this open wound to sit here and fester. Let me give you an example. Um, If anyone has been hurt by masculinity. Now, masculinity, the way God intended was meant to be strength and to protect, right? One of the most painful things that can happen is when masculinity is used against someone to hurt them. Make sense? If wounds like that have not been forgiven, we're sitting around with this open wound over here about masculinity. Hi. (laughs) Ethan's waving to me as he goes to the bathroom. (laughs) We're sitting here with a wound over here, and anything that looks masculine, I hate it. I have a hatred because I am in so much pain still. I still have this gaping open wound, and I'm like, anything that looks like masculinity, get away from me, right? Got serious all of a sudden. Okay. Um, People who've been hurt by leadership, and again, I have been hurt by leadership. It's one of the most painful things, especially spiritual leadership, because it affects everything. It affects your walk with Jesus. It affects how you hear his voice. It's very, very painful. But if we're not healed from a wound of spiritual leadership hurting us, we come in and we're not going to be able to see reality the way it is. Um, the way that's played out, like, for example, we've had um, people come in here that have this wound of, like, get away from me, leaders, you're all bad. You're all, like, I don't trust you, you know, whatever. But they still have a call in their life to prophesy to people. So then what do they do? They come in here, they avoid any leaders like the plague, and then they start trying to pull little baby sheep off in a corner and prophesy to them. But when they're prophesying to them, they're prophesying out of a wound over here. So it's going to be a little bit skewed, okay? So now what do we do as good shepherds? We say, hey, that's a little concerning that you're like prophesying to these little baby sheep and they're, they're getting confused now. And in us approaching them and saying, hey, um, we need you to, to come into proper order and come into proper leadership. <gasps> See, all leaders are controlling. I'm out of here, right? 
and then they go off to the next place and the next place and the next place and the next place. So then what happens is that, that it proves itself true over and over and over in their eyes because they can't see clearly that we're actually there. We want to love them. We actually want them to prophesy, but we just want them to come into proper alignment with the Lord. We want them to be in proper order. We want them to get healing so that they can be fully released in their calling. That's our heart. But they're always going to have those smudged lenses until they forgive the pain that was caused. Amen? And let me, just, uh, let me just speak to that real quick. Let's just all close our eyes real quick. I just want to stand in right now. If you have been hurt by church leadership or even just leadership in general, I just want to stand in and say to you, I am so sorry that you have experienced pain in a place where you should have been the safest, in the place where you should have been loved, in the place where you should have been championed, you were abused, you were controlled, you were manipulated, and I am so sorry that that happened to you. I'm sorry for the way that it affected how you heard the voice of God, that you thought that God was mad at you too. There were leaders mad at you and you thought God was mad at you too. Or you thought that God thought you were nothing because some leader thought that you were nothing. And I just want to say, I am so sorry that you've encountered that. I'm so sorry that the word of God has been used to cause harm to you when it's supposed to be your healing I am so sorry for every way that there's been twisting and perversion through those things. And I just ask you, standing in place of whoever that is, would you please forgive me that you could be released from pain and be truly free? Yeah, just as the Lord leads, just, just, just say, I forgive them. And it might be more than one, it might be ten. Yeah. Yeah, he's just giving you the grace to forgive right now. Just say, I forgive you. I release you from judgment. I cancel any debt that you owe me. And I release blessing to you. I release blessing to your life. Blessing of intimacy with the Father. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, just as many faces as come before your, your uh, mind's eye, just release forgiveness. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, amen. Um, inner unity, when you have inner unity within yourself, it gives you the ability to fully walk in your identity in Christ. You can fully walk in your identity in Christ without manipulation, without having any other motive but love. 
That's why inner healing is so important. It's not just about like, oh, I just want to get healed from my brokenness. It's because it gives you sight. It releases you fully into your calling so that you can walk in your identity as Jesus did, right? Without any ulterior motives. How beautiful is that? That you can just love people to love them. Amen. When Jesus walked on this planet, he knew fully who he was. He knew like the, the fullness of his glory, um, everything that he had access to, and with ev- all that knowledge of who he was and his glory and everything, he chose to wash people's feet. When you're fully walking in your true identity in Christ, in your true authority, you are willing to wash people's feet because that's what love looks like. Amen? You don't need a title. You don't need a position. You don't need recognition. You don't need people to see your value because you so know what your value is that your only motivation becomes love. Amen? He was able to wash Judas's feet. And you know he's not washing his feet going, yeah, you stinker. (laughs) You know, he's not like under his breath like, I know what you're about to do, right? No, he's like washing his feet and like, you know, he, I mean, how much did Judas walk with Jesus? And he loved him. Amen. When you know who you are, you don't have to be in bondage to anyone else's opinion. You, I don't, I, let me put it this way. Um, something that comes against me a lot, and it's because of my calling, and it's because I have a calling to release other uh, women to be powerful in the church. Guess what comes against me a lot? Like every time we put a clip up on, on the internet of me preaching, oh, I get the scripture slaps. <laughs> women be silent, you know, all the different things, you know, whatever. And if, if you need clarity on some of those things, like I'm not winking at scripture, like there's, there's a whole, we, we're not going to get into it today. Um, you, I did a six-week class on it one time. It's important to know what the word of God says, so I'm not, I'm not winking at that. But that comes against me a lot, okay? When... I am walking fully in my identity in Christ. That doesn't bother me because this is just what I'm called. I know what Jesus says. I know what Jesus says I'm called to. I don't have to convince that person to think differently to fully walk in my calling. Does that make sense? So I can actually honor that person and say, wow, in his belief, okay, he is actually operating in boldness right now to call out what he thinks is wrong. And I can honor that. And I can say, that's a good thing. I can call out gold. Look at that. He has the boldness to step and say something when something appears to be wrong to him. And I can actually walk in that kind of honor. Does that make sense? That's, this is why inner healing is so important, is so that we can walk fully in love with people. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Number three is lean not on your own understanding. (laughs) Sorry, I'm praying. I'm like, Lord, what do you want to (laughs) do? Number three, lean not on your own understanding. Lean not. Lean not on your own understanding. Is that guy bothering you? Because it looks like he was leaning. You guys know that movie? (laughs) why can't you trust your own understanding we don't see the world as the world is we see the world as we are that's why we can't trust our own understanding 
We want to make sure that we take off our smudged glasses and that we let the Lord show us his perspective. Amen. All right. <laughs> okay. I'm cutting a bunch of stuff because I want to get to one thing. Um, I need a volunteer. A volunteer that you're going to take a little bit of abuse in a fun way. All right, Steve, come on down. Steve, you are going to be the voice of shame. So here's your sign. Here's your sign. So you're going to hold it up for everyone. Can you guys see what that says? You are bad. That's what the voice of shame always says. You are bad. Okay? Um, the reason that we're going here is because the Lord is really emphasizing intimacy today. Um, and so I'm just, I'm skipping over everything. Maybe we'll preach it another time. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean on your understanding. and all your ways, acknowledge him, and he'll direct your paths. Bam. Done. <laughs> but the one thing in acknowledging him in all your ways is there is this invisible enemy. Uh, again, we're, watching a, we're walking a supernatural walk named shame. Okay? Now what shame does is shame is, I'm going to have you stand in front of Daniel for me and turn and look at me. When Daniel's talking to me, I'm actually hearing, and it's like, it's like he's doing sign language and interpreting everything that my husband says to me through the lens of you are bad, okay? So then I start to argue back at my husband, but I'm arguing with the thought you are bad, and I'm saying, no, I'm not bad, I'm not bad, and actually, I start speaking shame. You're the one that's bad. You did it. What are you doing? Right? And then, so what happens is when everything's getting translated through shame, I start speaking shame too. Does that make sense? The language of shame is blame. It's hiding. Okay? And shame, his job uh, in the enemy's kingdom is to stop you from having intimacy with the Lord. That's his job. His job is to stop you from having intimacy with the Lord and to stop you from having intimacy with other people in your life because he's always translating everything to you are bad. You're a bad mom. You're a bad wife. You're a bad husband. You're a bad father. You're a bad worker. You're a bad business owner. You're a bad leader. You're a bad pastor. He is always saying that to you 24-7 all the time. And if you don't realize that he's there saying it, you will argue with him and there's a third party in your relationship that you're actually talking to. Does this make sense? Okay. Does this ring true? <laughs> okay. The other thing that he says is you are bad and God thinks you are bad. Okay. So now uh, this, is, this has been a tough season, right? And I'm hearing it like even as I was greeting people, so many of you are like, I'm so tired, I'm so weary, and so, so many, and it's, I love the self-awareness because I love so many people who are like, I need to get in the presence of God more, I need to get in the presence of God more. Um, taste and see that he is good, is what the Bible says. Taste and see. It doesn't say look and see that he's good, it says taste. What does taste mean? It means that you're partaking. He says, partake of me and you will see. We need to partake of him. Okay, now if I'm going around and I'm weary and I'm beat up by life and I'm frustrated by all the warfare and stuff like that, then I start to feel because I haven't been in his presence. I haven't prayed enough. 
So then what, I, what am I going to do? What people tend to do is instead of coming over here in the presence of God, is that I'm like, oh, gosh, like, I feel so bad. Like, I can't, I can't go over there. Like, I did too many bad things this week, and my head wasn't screwed on straight, so I yelled at the kids or I, you know, whatever, whatever. I cut someone off in traffic, and I gave them the half a piece sign. Whatever your thing is, whatever your thing is, okay? Rather than running to his presence, which he says, run to my presence, partake of me, and you will be able to see, Right? We actually run over here, and I'm like, I'm actually going to hang out with my buddy Shame, because if I can just, like, if I can just beat myself up enough, then maybe I will fall more in love with Jesus, and I'll want to get in his presence. Do you see the problem with that? Oh, I'm so bad, and God thinks I'm bad too. I need to be more in love with Jesus. I need to be more in love with Jesus, so I'm just going to hang over here. And, like, the more I want to hang out with this guy, the more I'm like, hey, let's go further over here. Can we just go even further and further and further? Because the presence of God is scary because he's mad at me and because I just can't seem to measure up, and it's all being translated through this. Amen? What do we do when we start to hear this voice? When you start to hear, I'm bad, I'm a bad person, I'm not measuring up, I'm not whatever, whatever, run, leave him over there. <laughs> run over here. Jesus, I'm going to partake of your presence and see that you're good. If, if you don't feel like you're in love with Jesus enough, the only place you're going to find that is here. This is the only place because you love because he first loved you. He first loved you. Your source of love is here. You cannot love him without receiving his love. And he's like, I am so going to be there for you. He is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He's with you through the hard times. He understands it all. In, in all of your afflictions, he's been afflicted. He is ever present in your time of trouble. He's so good. He's the lover of your soul. He is wonderful. He's holy. I have no doubt that you will fall in love with him if you just come over here and Tell him to shut up. Amen? You will fall in love. The more you partake, the more you will see how good he really is. Amen? But we need to stop hearing through this translation over here. And we need to stop speaking this language to other people when we feel this. You know? Like Angela, she could tell me, like, hey, um, you know, oh, this actually happened this morning. Eric. Uh, you know, I was singing a song this morning, and I'm like, it's just not feeling right. Let me lower the key so I don't have to sing such a high note. And Eric's like, that's awesome. That's so much better because it, like, it felt like you were pushing before, okay? And before, when I would struggle with shame, and I'm not saying I'm completely done, but in this area, I've conquered shame. Uh, before, can you stand in front of Eric but facing me? So, like, turn around, just right here, right here. So, Eric's from the booth saying, you sound like you're pushing in that other key. And I hear, you're bad. <laughs> oh, I'm not bad. I'm not bad, Eric. I've been singing for 15, 20, 30 years, and I know what I'm talking about, so let me give you my resume. Da -da 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 -da. What do you know about singing? You're bad, right? I start speaking that language because that's a language that I'm always hearing. Does that make sense? Now, Eric... I seriously, that didn't bother me at all. <laughs> I'm literally like, I agree with you, like, good feedback. That's like, that's, that's awesome. I'm like, I don't struggle with shame in that particular area at the moment. But, uh, but yeah, so this, this is what we need to get rid of in our lives, okay? Um, so transformation in our lives comes through the glory. 
in an instant, the Lord can do something and we get transformation. Transformation also comes through mind renewal. It comes through, I come into agreement with the word of God, my mind gets renewed, and now I'm different. Transformation also comes from community. Transformation comes from community, okay? Um, Your success in life is very strongly determined by how much you're going to punch this guy in the face, okay? If you could just kick shame in the face, you will see more and more success in your life, okay? I don't know what to do with my finances. They were a mess. I've got mountains of debt, and I am so ashamed I can't even check my mail. I don't even want to know how much debt there is, right? Kick shame in the face, Hey, lovely, wonderful church community, who of you knows how to handle money well? I need to get out of debt. You know, kick shame in the face. I am bad at this. That doesn't have to affect your identity to say, I am not good at this particular area, and to ask for help. Transformation comes. There's power in community. Amen? Same thing with marriage. Hey, my marriage doesn't look as perfect as it does on the outside. Can we kick shame in the face and get real help before stuff really falls apart? Amen? Go get counseling. There is no shame in that. Kick him in the face. Sorry, Steve. (laughs) Kick him in the face. I'm struggling with parenting. I'm being overrun by an army that I created. (laughs) I need help. I'm not good at this. It's okay. It doesn't have to touch our identity. We can go get the help and we can see the transformation come. Amen? Amen. We've got to conquer this thing called shame. Shame tries to block us from having intimacy with the Lord. (laughs) Shame will always speak seeds of death to you. And seeds of death can never, ever produce life. You will never hate yourself into improving anything. Amen? You will never hate yourself into improving anything. (laughs) All right. Let's punch shame in the face right now. All right. Raise your hand if you feel like you have heard that voice before or this is something that's maybe been messing with you this week or whatever. Can you just raise your hand? Let's kick shame in the face right now. (laughs) Have I struggled with shame? Yes. Yes, have you stayed laid awake at night because shame is running you with all the things that you didn't do or all the things you're not good enough or you're almost not good enough or whatever? Shame will only reward you when you're striving. When you're striving, the only reward shame will give you is you're almost good enough. You're almost there. Strive a little bit more, right? That's the only encouragement shame will give you is to keep you in striving, okay? Um, How many of you are ready to kick shame in the face today? How many of you are ready to kick him to the curb? (laughs) All right, so. (laughs) All right, so, uh, Steve, if you don't mind standing in for shame, we're not talking about Steve, we're talking about shame, okay? Everyone, look at shame and say, shame, you are a sucky friend. (laughs) You've blocked intimacy in my life from my loved ones from my community, and from God. You are done in my life. You have never helped me. You've only helped me make more choices that brought more shame. You are the worst friend ever. 
I break every agreement I've ever made with you. I will not keep you as an interpreter for messages from people or from God. Yeah, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Now just close your eyes. Close your eyes, and this is something I do with the kids, and this is real, and it really does work. I want you to remove shame from anywhere Holy Spirit shows you to remove it from. Like, physically remove it, like from your heart, from your mind, from your gut, whatever it is, whatever Holy Spirit leads you to do. I want you to make a physical, prophetic act and pull it out of wherever the Lord is showing you to pull it out from. Yeah. And now I want you to throw it up to Jesus in heaven. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Keep your eyes closed. Keep your eyes closed. And in your mind's eye, I want you to see him take it and pay special attention to what he does with it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And just in your own heart, and just ask Holy Spirit, how much has shame been holding me back? <sighs> like, I can't change my career. What will people think? What will the family think? I can't pray for the sick. What if they don't get healed? Well, they're not going to get sicker. How much has shame been holding me back, Holy Spirit? Ugh. Listen for his direction. He's going to direct your paths right now. What is it that he's showing you to do? With shame getting kicked out, what would you do different? And I want you to ask him, Lord, what can you give me in exchange for shame? And listen for his response. Or watch for his response. He might show you a picture. Lord, what will you give me in exchange for shame? Yeah, I feel him giving out greater levels of intimacy. I feel him giving out joy and laughter. I feel him giving out breakthroughs. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that shame is not so big. It's not so big. He's just a liar. Yeah, we thank you, Lord. Shame is not powerful. Shame is a liar. Shame is a robber. Lord, the wealth of the kingdom that you have for your people, all of creation is waiting for the revealing of the sons and the daughters of God. All of creation is not waiting for the becoming. They're not waiting for the becoming because we are already righteous because of the blood of Jesus. All of creation is waiting and longing for the revealing, for the revealing 
of the sons and daughters of God. I thank you, Father, for breakthroughs. I thank you that shame has been ripped out of people's lives and that you are giving people spiritual sight, that the next conversation that they have, that, that shame is trying to come in and interpret things, that they will spot it, that they will see it, and they will war for love. They will war for love. They will kick shame in the face, and they will speak the language of love in the name of Jesus. And we just thank you for it, Lord. I thank you that you're taking us into deeper and deeper levels of our, uh, of our identity in you, Jesus, that we can walk throughout the world with the only motivation being love. No ulterior motives, no guile, no manipulations, no, I need people to see me like this, but we can just war from love and we can walk in your power and your glory and in your supernatural life that you died on a cross to give us. Lord, I thank you, Father. I thank you, Jesus, that you said, Lord, that it is good that you go away, that you would give us Holy Spirit. And so we say, Holy Spirit, I want more of you. Make me more aware of your presence in my life at all times, that it's not just in this church building that we experience supernatural things, but everywhere we go, would you increase our awareness? I ask, Father, even today, how you just like surprised us with showing up with glory, I ask that you would surprise people as they're walking down the street, just like, whoa, the glory hit. Lord, what are you doing right now? Lord, in the shopping malls, in the Walmarts, with their children, in the park, Lord, everywhere we go, that you would just surprise us, just hit us, surprises in Jesus' name, surprise encounters. Oh, thank you, Jesus. And in the glory, it's so easy. It's so easy. We just follow the leader. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for radical encounters this week. We just release radical encounters with you, radical encounters in the prayer closet. I thank you that you're giving people the grace to just run to their prayer closet. It doesn't matter how long it's been because we're kicking shame in the face. We thank you, Lord. We're going to partake of you and see how good you are. And I just thank you, Father, for increases in, uh, in just falling in love, coming back to our first love in you. And we just thank you so much for it. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen, amen. amen.